This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey guys, I'm Kaylee Shore, and this is Too Much to Say. topic is something that permeates my entire life from my songs to my podcast to my relationships to you know the things I post on the internet and it's oversharing and I'm quite literally a professional overshare that's just what I do and I've made a career being known for that like literally being known for that that is why Bobby approached me with the podcast was he was like you really post about everything don't you and I was like yeah I do and a lot of great things have come of it. I would say that the biggest thing is, you know, people feeling like they can come up and tell me their stories and not feeling alone and sharing the messy parts of life because, you know, it's easy to talk about happy stories. You know, it's easy to talk about the cute thing my boyfriend did last week or, you know, the time I went to summer camp in like middle school. Those are easy stories to tell. The hard ones are about like relationships that didn't work out and, um, the deeply ingrained body shame that you learned from the dress code at said church. (laughs) Those are harder, but those are also things that everybody relates to. So I knew very early on that I didn't want to be the kind of artist who just kind of sat on the surface level and didn't dive deep. I don't think that's necessarily the purpose of art and specifically my art. Although I did have a really enlightening conversation with my dad one time when we were talking about my songs and, you know, how there are, I think we were kind of talking about, um, F you forever and fight like a girl and the stuff in between, but like me just being very honest. And he said that he thinks there's two types of artists there's artists that help people escape and there's artists that help people confront. And he said, I was a confrontational artist and I really agree with that. Um, but there is a purpose for that because there's, there's shows that you want to go to and you want to drink a beer and you want to hear a happy song about summer and get away from your problems for a while. So like if I went to a Jake Owen concert and was listening to barefoot blue jean night, 
that song is specifically an escape song for me. It takes me back to the beach in high school and it's very happy. And like, if I needed to get away, that's the song I'd probably listen to. And then there's me going to see Alanis Morissette doing Jagged Little Pill Acoustic at the Apollo Theater, which not trying to flex, but I'm absolutely trying to flex. It was one of the best shows I ever went to like right before lockdown. And, um, I went and saw her and just me and my friend Cole who were there, we just cried the whole time because we went to an Alanis Morissette acoustic show where she talked in between every song. Like, of course we were fucking crying. (laughs) And I think the beautiful thing about Taylor Swift shows is there's both because they're so massive and sparkly and shiny and there's so much going on. But then like you get hit in the feels when she gets to all too well and you're just like, (laughs) but yeah. And I was, that was probably one of the most astute things I've ever heard my dad say and it really hit me and stuck with me. And it's something I'm proud of. So the, the idea that really spawned this was I played at the Bluebird last week with my friends Jamie Floyd and Lauren Weintraub. And we had a freaking blast. It was so fun. And um, I was talking to Lauren's mom after the show. And I'd met her before when I was like 16 or 17 or when Lauren was 16 or 17, I've known them for several years, but I hadn't seen her in a while. And she was like, Oh my God, I listened to your podcast when I'm like going for my walks. And I was like, Oh my God, you know so much about me. And she's like, yeah, I know so much about you. (laughs) And I was like, I just forget that people listen and y'all really listen. Like when I go and look at the metrics for the podcast, which I don't very often, I just talk to you guys in my DMS. But when I look at the actual numbers, I'm like, Holy shit. A lot of people listen to this podcast. And I feel like I, I, I forget that when I'm talking, um, IE last week's episode. I mean, I wouldn't go back and unsay it, but I really feel like I'm talking to a friend and I hope you feel that way too. Cause this is not me like getting up on a soapbox. It, I want it to feel like, you know, we're having a conversation and we are cause you guys hop in my DMS after and we talk about it. So, um, shout out to Lauren's mom. That was hilarious. Um, but at that show, I was a little bit worried because, um, I'd been playing this show a lot recently during quarantine or COVID just, you know, when I wasn't touring in Nashville to kind of, um, you know, I don't know, make a living. And, um, recently I can always tell people will come up and request Amy. They will ask to hear Amy. And I always am like hesitant to play it. Not because there's children around, but because like, I'm worried what the staff might say because they're a little bit, you know, um, I don't want to say controlling because it's their establishment, but I feel like I have to be a watered down version of myself to play this show, but I also need to do it for the money. So it's really kind of hard. Um, and so when I play Amy, I feel like a little bit like just awkward. Whereas if I was at my show, I would play it and not think twice about, you know, the content or whatever, or saying that in front of people, even if there's a bunch of strangers at my show, because I'm like, well, they signed up for this. They, they, they knew this was going on. <laughs> they've, they've looked at my Spotify account probably. And, um, then when we played the bluebird, which is like one of my favorite stages to play, I was so worried, like, and I didn't want to play Amy and I didn't, even though I'd done it before, it was like the earlier show. Like I played, um, F you forever at the late show at the bluebird. And when it went over really well, but I was like, especially insecure about the content of the song, even though it's my truth, even though it's something that a lot of people probably relate to, it was just scary. And for my last song, I was going to play, um, Gatsby and kind of dip my toes into the edgy waters. And I leaned over to Lauren and I was like, should I play Amy without the F bombs? And she's like, you should sing it with them. And I was like, okay, we'll see if I get that far, but I'm definitely going to play Amy. (laughs) And, um, 
I played it and it was the last song of the night. We got a standing ovation, which has never happened to me at the Bluebird. It was Lauren's first time, which was so special. And Jamie put the whole thing together. So it was just like a really incredible night. But I was like, oh my God, people liked it. And Amy is, you know, it's, it's a funny song, but it's also like really personal. <laughs> like that truly is one of the worst things that a person's ever done to me knowing that they've done it. Like a lot of things happen unintentionally, but the thing about Amy was it was so intentional. That's why it hurt so much. And so singing it in such an abrasive, aggressive way, it kind of might take away from the fact that I'm so fucking hurt by the situation. And so I just, I think that everybody in the audience got it and it was so special. Um, it was just really made me feel a lot better. So next up, we're going to talk about how I started oversharing because it did not happen overnight. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. If you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. All right, we are back. So let's talk about how this whole thing started. I really think the first time I ever chronically overshared was when I started writing songs. And I started writing songs at six years old. So that's not, <laughs> there wasn't, I mean, by the time I could form articulate sentences, I was oversharing. Um, I remember just needing an outlet for the things I saw. I mean, 
I, when I was six, like, I knew that my sister was on drugs and no six-year-old should have to know that. Um, and I would have to write things that made me make sense of it. And a lot of them were like metaphorical or writing a story that wasn't necessarily first person. Like I've talked about my song mother at 14, which is hilarious, but like also like saw a lot of things like that and needed to write. And so that quickly became a thing. And like, I would play my songs for my family and like, they'd clearly know what they were about. So that was awkward. Um, but I just didn't care. And, um, you know, my mom would get upset because I would talk about things that she didn't deem okay with my friends. And then she'd be like, why did you tell them that? I'm like, I don't know. It's my business. I told them that. And my mom kind of overshares as well, but in a really uncool way, like I, any of you have ever been to a show where my mother's been there? She loves to hang out in the meet and greet line and just say like way too much. And she really enjoys the attention aspect of it to the point where like, I've had to like, be like, Hey, I really need you to, to just like not do this right now. I'm trying to focus. I'm trying to work. I'm trying to like talk to people and make these genuine human connections. And I can't be worried about you blabbing about how I snuck out with this guy in 10th grade and how you were so angry with me about it. Like she said that to a fan before. It's crazy. And one time she was like ran off at one of my shows and I couldn't find her and I still had to go do meet and greet. And it turns out she was just talking to a bunch of people about being my mother. And I had to like, I thought she might be in the car. So I walk out to my car by myself because my boyfriend at the time was like looking for her in a, a very crowded venue. And she had literally just run off. And, um, I get to the car and there's, there's three guys waiting for me and that's not cool. And I always make a joke on stage and I'm like, all right, well, if you guys want to find me on social media, you can follow me anywhere to my, except to my car. And I like mean that, like it was dark. We we're in a back alley, no matter how well-intentioned these guys were you should know to not follow a girl to her car in the dark. It's kind of elementary. So like, you know, even if it was well-intentioned, like, and I, I believe it was, I just, you just don't do that. It, it will make me unhappy. Very few things with fan interactions will make me unhappy, but that, <laughs> that I'll be like, <laughs> um, and so like I'm out there by myself and she wasn't there. And I like, we finally wrangled her and I was just like so horrified. And she was like, I was just talking to somebody about when, um, we, we didn't have internet when you were growing up and I finally got you a laptop and you would just sit on it all the time. And I was wondering what you were doing. And then you were posting YouTube videos and I didn't want you to do. And I'm like, why does anybody need to know that? That is not a compelling story, mom. If you're going to overshare, at least be compelling. And so that really, um, has bothered me into the point where I have to like exile her during meet and greets in order to like hold, retain my calm. It's also hard when you like have an interesting relationship with your parent and you have to have like really strict boundaries. You can very frequently look like you're being an asshole to them. Um, and that's really hard. So good God, where do I get it from? I just like to think I'm a little more refined. <laughs> um, so in high school, you know, social media happened when I was in middle school and by high school, everyone was on it. Everyone was comfortable with it. Um, except probably our parents, it was a whole new world. And that's the thing about being a millennial. Like I'm on the cusp of being a millennial and a, um, Gen Zer. And the difference really is like 
do you remember 9-11? Do you remember seeing it on TV? And um, did you always have technology in your life? And I had technology in my life from, I think I got my first cell phone at 11 because I was going back and forth between my parents' house and I'd have to ride the bus by myself. So I had a cell phone that was like a little prepaid one. Um, but yeah, from 11 on, I had a cell phone. I had a MySpace and, you know, gone on Facebook and Tumblr and all of those things. So I, you know, we, there weren't, a, there wasn't a lot of decorum for social media yet. And there was a lot of like shit posting, like just like random things and song lyrics that were like totally aimed at somebody as your status. And like a lot of, a lot of just drama on Facebook and like being part of the first generation of high schoolers to have social media like that. Um, there was a lot of Facebook drama and a lot of Facebook fights and nobody seemed to care. And, um, I just, just ran with it. And I remember, um, I tweeted, I went back through my old tweets, like a couple years ago, just to make sure that I hadn't tweeted anything horrific. Um, you know, people get canceled a lot and I just didn't remember if I'd said anything bad. And to be fair, like I've said, I did at one point in my life think that being gay was a ticket to hell. And and now I have since unlearned that, but at 11 years old, I didn't know. And so I was like, I really hope I didn't post anything on the internet about this. So I'm like looking it up. I did not. Okay. That's great. Um, <laughs> and, um, cause that wasn't my fault that I believed that as a child and other people were telling me. So anyways, I did not tweet anything, uh, problematic. I never used a racial slur. Love that for me. But what I did find when going through my old Twitter account was, um, I was just using people's names just so freely. And I remember tweeting and being like, <laughs> I, I'm going to make up last names. Um, if Brandon Brown and Samantha Underwood think that they're going to make me jealous and he's not going to be the one who ultimately takes me to homecoming. Well, they are just wrong. He's going to take me to homecoming and you are just a replacement, sweetie. Like shit like that. And I was probably 13 or 14 at this point. And, um, he did end up taking me to homecoming. I just like to clarify. Um, but that does not mean that I needed to share that on the internet. My next big oversharing moment was, um, I've told this story before, I think, but in this context, I will reshare. Um, my freshman year of high school, I had a thing with a junior football player. He was a quarterback. He was really tall and as about as hot as a 17 year old boy can be in retrospect, 17 year old boys are not (laughs) attractive, but at the time I really thought he was just dreamy. And, um, I didn't know this because people would have their relationship status. And that was like a big deal. Like when you'd go Facebook official and it still is, I think, but, um, some people had it hidden. And so he had a girlfriend who had her status as in a relationship, but he had his hidden. So he didn't tell me he was in a relationship and we met, um, through like, we were just hanging out with his best friend and my best friend one time. And, um, I got a very big crush on him. I got his number. And like, I don't even think we I don't think we ever kissed. I think we just like had the, like, we like cuddled during a movie. That's how young I was. Um, and, uh, but I just was like so into him and I started writing all these songs and whatever. I wrote a song called notice me, which is just so embarrassing. Um, and like how desperate, um, <laughs> 
but he did. And, um, we had like a thing. And one night he texted me something embarrassing that only a 17 year old boy would say and think was smooth. But he said, I can't wait to text. I can't wait to kiss you. You sexy ginger. I know horrifying at the time. I was like, Oh my God, that's like so cute. Like Kaylee, shut the fuck up. (laughs) So he, um, I end up finding out that he has a girlfriend and he lied to me about it. And I found out through my friend who was like on the cheerleading squad with his girlfriend, who was like pretty sure the captain, like this was like very like you belong with me, Taylor Swift territory. Um, except his girlfriend was a perfectly nice person. I later found out, but, um, I had my friend on the cheerleading squad be like, Hey, so, um, she was like telling me that you were saying that like you knew him or whatever, and you guys had a thing. And then he said that he's never heard of you before and that you made up the whole thing and that you're crazy. And I was like, Oh, well that's embarrassing that people think that. Um, okay, well let me just prove my side of the story. So people don't think I'm crazy. Um, clearly did not have a prefrontal cortex when it came to this decision-making because people did think I was crazy because I screenshotted the message he sent me of can't wait to kiss you, you sexy ginger, put it on Facebook, tagged him and his girlfriend in it. And, um, a lot of people were like, oh wow, that's really fucking shitty of him to two time these girls and have neither one of them know about it. Like if I'd known he had a girlfriend, I would have never talked to him. I, I really wouldn't have done that. Like I've, I've never done that in my life. Um, I think that cheating is really on the responsibility of the people in the relationship, but I just, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want to be second to anybody. Even if they're making you feel like you're first and the other person's second, it's like, we'll break up with them. It's just easy, you know? So, um, so a lot of people were like, oh, wow, that's really fucked up of him. And then there were a couple girls who I feel like were just like sucking his girlfriend's metaphorical penis and being like, oh my God, this is like, she is total scum. Like this is so fucked up that she would do this to you. Like what a crazy bitch, like commenting on my post and like trying to like kiss up to her cause she was so popular. And I was like, okay, like fucking losers. And I didn't like, I didn't care, which is the most interesting part is I just could not have given less shits. So I guess I found out from him years later when we ended up having a thing again, I know fucking embarrassing. Um, I ended up finding out that like he had like gone over to her house that night and like thrown rocks at her window or something and like had to apologize. And then they ended up getting back together, ended up breaking up. Surprise, surprise. And I, I feel like he's probably cheated on people after that as well. Cause you just don't, you don't stop doing that. I mean, maybe you outgrow it by the time you're in college, but like, I'm pretty sure he went on to do it again. Um, and then another like place to chronically overshare was on Tumblr and, it was, I would say like the closest thing to Tumblr now is TikTok because it's like just a very chaotic world. The humor is really funny and like smart and refined and dark. And, um, people like post things about their trauma and post like poetry and and it's a very creative space. Like TikTok is very creative. Um, and Tumblr was like, people would have like secret Tumblrs and like have people like not find them. So you'd like have like a public one and like a private one, kind of like a Finsta, except you couldn't really have a private account on Tumblr. I don't think. So people kind of wanted their private accounts to be found, um, which is hilarious. And I would like post poetry and stuff all the time and, um, reblog things that were like, you know, it was like, why is she reblogging this? If she relates, everybody knows who she's talking about kind of stuff. (laughs) Um, and my poems are really moody and I should probably post 
some of those online because that would be hilarious. But um, I remember finding out that my best friend, this has been a recurring theme in my life and I don't fucking know why. Um, I think I need to pick better friends, but my best friend was apparently in love with my boyfriend who was like a pretty serious boyfriend in high school. Like we dated on and off for four years, I think. Um, and still keep in touch cause we were just like each other's best friends. Um, and I found her secret Tumblr account, which wasn't private. And she was posting about how she was in love with her best friend's boyfriend and like things about what he looked like and all of this stuff. And like how like I didn't deserve him and she should be with him instead. Cause they were best friends. I didn't think anything about my best friend being best friends with my boyfriend. It didn't bother me. And so that was like really hard. And her and I stayed friends after that, but, um, I don't think I ever got a real apology, which, you know, I've obviously, I don't care anymore, but you know, in retrospect, I would have been like, Hey Kaylee, you should probably go back and do that. Um, so I, you know, that was just somebody else oversharing, but I was like really horrified to find that on the internet, but like, I guess we just didn't know better. So anyways, next up, we're going to talk about the times I've been forced to overshare and it has not been my choice. We'll be right back. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. If you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Okay, guys. So we're back. Um, thank you for listening. Love you all so much. Um, this, 
there's been times that it's been really hard because I've been forced to open up about things that I necessarily, I didn't necessarily want to. Um, and or times that it's just been like something I've had to, you know, mention. And I remember, um, seeing my friend, Lauren Elena, she went through a breakup with a guy that she'd been with for like five or six years. And she posted like a little note on her Instagram being like, yeah, we broke up. We're on good terms, whatever. And it's like, you know, you have to kind of do that. Like people get invested in your relationship. You're posting it publicly. They, you know, you, you want people to know. And, um, I broke up with my ex-boyfriend, the one of six years. Um, I think it was like two, three weeks before CMA Fest, two weeks before CMA Fest. And CMA Fest was like a really busy time. I had like a million shows. Um, I had a red carpet. I had a ton of stuff to do, a lot of appearances, a lot of autograph signings. I was like crazy booked. And um, it was really, it was just a really interesting time to go through a breakup. Let's just say that. I was super fucking stressed. And I was totally relapsing into my eating disorder. I lost a ton of weight. I wasn't eating, so I didn't have a lot of energy, but I was just like caffeinating through it. Um, really chaotic time in my life. So I had like, I guess sort of alluded to the breakup. Um, I remember my ex getting really mad at me. Cause like there was the week between him telling me he cheated on me and us actually breaking up. And I posted like a sad moody cover of should have said no by Taylor Swift on my story because bitches never change. And, um, he was like, did you really have to do that? And I was like, Okay, I feel like most people just assume it was a Taylor Swift story and not assume, or Taylor Swift song, and not assume that, um, my boyfriend of six years cheated on me because that's like so fucking heinous, but okay, go off. And, um, and he just got really mad and I was like, okay, whatever. Um, so that would have probably been the first sign anybody would have seen, but I don't think anyone would read. I don't think if I posted a set, like a cover of All Too Well right now, people would think I broke up with Sam. I don't think that would be where people's minds went. So, after that, I remember the first song we broke up and I waited a couple weeks, but I think after CMA Fest, um, my fans had started to get, uh, catch wind of it. And two of like my, you know, closest fans who've been following me forever and like run fan accounts and are just like the best. They'd made me a book, like, like a professionally printed book of all these pages of people who were important to me and like my dogs and like, um, just all this different stuff that like made me, me. And it was so precious. And there was a page about, um, my ex-boyfriend, holy shit, I almost said his name. I need to come up with like aliases, but, um, <laughs> there's a page about him and they had definitely figured out what was happening because of how closely they followed me and like knew me. And they had like crossed out all of his pictures and like written like asshole and stuff on them. <laughs> and I got that in a meet and greet line. And like, thankfully, like it was at the end of one, but it was kind of like, Oh boy, I was trying not to think about that today, but it was so cute and sweet. And I was like, kind of glad that people were figuring it out. Cause I didn't want to have to like post about it. So around that time I posted a cut or, um, I posted a story of me playing this song I wrote called Unkiss. And, um, it's still one of my favorite songs I wrote during that period. It's so honest. And I posted it and was like, yeah, you know, like this next phase of music, I feel like I'm going to end up being like really open. I want to, you know, share with you guys when I'm not feeling great. I don't want to just post the happy stuff, whatever. That was my caption. I felt like it was pretty clear. People definitely understood. I also feel like people in Nashville ended up knowing because the first thing I did was join Tinder. Um, interesting choice, but I'm glad I did it because I've never experienced online dating. And once you experience it, you're like, I don't want to do this again. And then you delete it and then you get lonely. So you redownload it. 
My favorite one I used was Raya. That one was fun. Um, but yeah, online dating was, it's a great way to announce to people that you're single because then word spreads very fast. Um, so, you know, people started to figure out, stopped asking me about him, which was really nice. And, um, that one was like kind of, I mean, I definitely did my fair share of posting, but I tried to be nice about it and not just like chaotic. And then as time has gone on and I realized how fucked up that whole thing was, I've gotten a lot more chaotic in my sharing and I just don't care. I could, I cannot be bothered with his feelings because he was never bothered with mine. So fuck that. <laughs> um, and so it started with the Taylor's of cover and then it ended in, you know, Effie forever and Amy and all of that. And, um, Effie forever felt so fucking good to write because I was just writing. Like it wasn't metaphor. It wasn't poetry. It was just like, what happened to me? And in a lyrical way. And it felt like this weight had just been lifted off my shoulders and it felt so good. And so I got kind of addicted to that feeling when it came to songwriting. And so then I wrote too much to say, and then I wrote escape and then I wrote world keeps spinning and all of these like deeply personal songs. And it has obviously not slowed down. You've listened to the EP. Um, and you know, that leads me right into Amy. So Amy is interesting because it involves other people's stories. And I was talking to Sam the other day about the song and I kind of realized that like, Amy's parents may have not known that she was sexually active until they heard that song. And like, that's all just like guessing. That's all being presumptuous. But like, what if, what if like, cause they, they probably had to have heard it. Right. Like, I feel like, I mean, I got a lot, I got a couple comments from her friends being like, this is fucked up, whatever. And I was like, yeah, well, okay. What she did was fucked up. And why would you like, any of her friends, like I, and I didn't comment back, but any of her friends who were like sticking up for her, I'll be like, yeah, that's super cute. Like you can keep thinking that and defending her until she does it to you. Cause clearly she has no problem doing it. Um, but that was kind of interesting. Cause like, you know, it's when you're oversharing and it involves other people's stories, that's kind of a different landscape. That's, that's kind of harder to uh, discuss. So I try to be as careful as I can. I mean, you guys know my rules. Like if I'm going to, share something that involves somebody else, I'm only going to write the truth. I'm not going to exaggerate. I'm not going to, and I'm not also, there's like several details I kept out of the Amy song because I felt like they were just fucking mean. And like, I didn't want to put anything in there just to expose her. Um, like there's this one big missing piece that I left out. And I also left out specific lyrics from her song about him. Um, and like, there's some lines about me in there and I just didn't share them because I didn't want people to know what the song was because people were clearly figuring it out, you know? Um, and I was like, you know, just didn't, I just didn't want anybody to find her. And some people did, some people didn't, um, still awkward, but, um, yeah. So I just, you know, there's, there's a line and there were just some things that I was like, honestly, probably would have gained more sympathy on my part for what she did. But I was just like, this is just unnecessary. And like, not just didn't feel like my shit to share. <laughs> didn't feel like my shit to share. So it gets more complicated when you're talking about my family, because all of the things that have happened to me have also deeply involved my family. You know, when I'm singing songs like escape and, um, Phil, the piece of shit named Phil that I referenced in escape, who got my sister addicted to drugs is a real person. I haven't seen him since, you know, the early 2000s. So I have no idea where he is or what he's doing. They went to prison around the same time and I believe they broke up and, um, she tried really hard to get clean after that and then met another guy who got her back into it. Um, 
haven't felt the need to put his name in a song yet, but we'll see. Um, and, uh, yeah. So like, obviously haven't heard from Phil. Honestly, I can't find him online. He may, he may just may have well, um, gone back to prison or overdosed too. I don't know. Um, but I was kind of worried that my family might, you know, hear that and be like, Hmm, weird, weird. But it was a lyric that came out. And I feel like if there's anyone I'm allowed to be angry at in this situation, it's the person who gave her drugs the first time. So, um, and my family felt the same, but that was also like the situation with my sister was also like kind of out of my control. And if you were to Google further back, um, her and I have a different last name, but, um, you know, if, if it's not hard to figure out what my dad's last name is. Um, and so if you were to Google her, there were several articles about, um, her drug related activities, um, before she passed away. And this was like years before. And that was how I found out she was, she wasn't clean anymore. Um, because I saw an article about it in my hometown newspaper and was like, Oh, cool. Wow. So like my sister's been in the news for this before. And, um, it was just like, I wanted to post about what happened because a, I felt like I could share her story and put a face to a situation and not just have it be some junkie in a trailer argument. Um, and not just a statistic. So I talked to my dad before I posted about like how she passed away, but I was like, is this okay? And he was like, yeah. So I posted, um, a cover of Rhiannon, which was, um, her middle name and, you know, just a song that always makes me think of her and the story of what happened, how she overdosed, whatever, chose to be completely transparent. Um, it was also easier to put it all out there and then not have people asking me all the time how she died. Cause people talk to me about it a lot after she passed away. Cause it was really got a, a lot of interaction on social media. And, um, it was, uh, I just, I was very happy that I'd put out enough, uh, not happy. I was very relieved that because I'd put out enough information, people weren't asking me for more. Um, because it's actually, it's super reasonable to wonder how somebody died. And I don't know if that's necessarily a rude question to ask. I wouldn't feel like it was rude, but it would, I just wouldn't want to answer it all the time. So, um, that was, that was interesting. And then with songs like escape, like, I mean, that talks about my brother being an alcoholic. It talks about my mom having a toxic relationship with religion. It talks about my dad smoking weed all the time when I was growing up. Um, and obviously it talks about my sister's addiction. And so when it came out, I thought my siblings were kind of going to be like, why are you airing our dirty laundry like this? And the ones that I talked to about it were all like, of course they deeply related. Of course they fucking deeply related. This shit all happened to them too. Like, escape is for me. And it's also very much so for my siblings who had to go through the same stuff. And so I was really surprised that like, you know, I got a really sweet text from my brother talking about how much that song meant to him and how he related to it and my sister as well. Um, and I was like, wow. Okay. Crazy. Um, cause I just would have expected it to be so much worse. That being said, I'm really fucking shocked at how little repercussions I have for this. Um, tweeting about my exes always seemed to kind of, they took it as compliments. Like I dated, um, well, yeah, we've decided I dated them, but, um, the guy I wrote out of it about, and the guy I wrote lying to myself about two different guys. And I would just like blast them on the internet, not use names, but just like constantly have them be the um, punchline in my jokes. And I think they like 
liked it. These were both like very like dry humor kind of guys and very self-deprecating. And that was why I liked them is we just go back and forth all the time on this shit. And, um, but they like totally liked the attention and that was drawing. Cause I was like, you sh- I should be getting in trouble for this. Why am I not facing any repercussions? Why is no one telling me to stop? They're not telling me to stop. I'm going to keep going. And so I have, and like, I, I don't know why I've gotten away with it. Um, I do try to be intentional about how I do it. But, like, my parents, my mom got mad at me for a while. My mom gets mad at me about everything. My mom got mad at me the other day because I went to go visit my aunt and didn't ask her permission. And I, like, literally was running to something for my brother's wedding, had a chance to go see my aunt and, like, my little baby cousin for about 20 minutes on my way there. And I get a long-ass voicemail from my mom telling me how I'm a bad daughter and how I was so wasted at my brother's wedding. And I was like, okay, newsflash mom, everybody was, but okay. Um, I didn't behave myself. Like I wasn't, it was just so stupid. I get this long voicemail from her. Like, so (laughs) when she gets mad at me, it's not necessarily, it doesn't really, um, trigger anything because she gets mad at me for stupid shit all the time. So it's kind of easy to, um, ignore, uh, those, um, confrontations, I guess, because it's just, there's no rhyme or reason to what she gets upset about, but she's even stopped saying things to be fair. I I believe I may have her blocked on a couple different forms of social media, um, because she wouldn't stop commenting and, um, saying bizarre things. Um, like, Oh my God, one time I posted a picture of me on a red carpet and I was wearing shorts and like was having an especially good leg day. I'd also use some self tanner to contour. Let's be honest. But, um, I was having a good leg day and someone commented and was like, Oh my God, legs. And my mom comments back to them and said, thanks. She got him from me. And I'm like, Oh my God, ma'am. Oh my God. And she always like, says that like I got all my songwriting talent from her and all of my musical talent. My mom loves music. She didn't play an instrument. I don't really know what she's talking about, but I just like, I was just couldn't keep up with her comments and deleting them and her inappropriate ones, especially. And so I just, I had to block her. Anyways, you're learning a lot about my relationship with my mom who knew you're going to get a lot of oversharing on the oversharing episode. Um, but, um, yeah. And my dad doesn't really say a whole lot. And I remember when Gatsby came out, he was like, do I really make Cause the first line is, um, I don't really like dating assholes, but I do it cause I have a weird relationship with my dad. And, um, I remember he was like, do I make you have a weird, weird relation? Like, do we have a weird relationship and does that make you date assholes? And I was like, I mean, it doesn't make me do it. Like, this is my choice, but also, like, I'm sure if we'd had more of a stable relationship and we hadn't gone five years without talking, maybe I wouldn't need to replace you with these men with strong personalities. That made me feel safe until they didn't. Like, yeah. So, yes, Dad. Yes. It it did ultimately end up being that. But um, that was about all he's ever said. And um, I posted something on TikTok the other day about... Um, this family that I babysat for, um, a very like well-off classy family, um, having male guests over to the house while I was babysitting, um, all the time and me not really figuring out what was going on. Cause like they come home with a guy, um, one of them would drive me home and then, you know, I just thought they were having friends over. I was like, well, grownups can have friends over whenever they want. That's so cool. Like, love that for them. Can't wait till I can do that. And then one time I was watching TV in their bedroom because one of the 
um, children wouldn't stop crying. And so I wanted to be near them, but, um, she'd finally fallen asleep. And I was like, I just want to be up here in case like something's really wrong. Um, and so I turned on the TV and a video was playing of them with one of the men. Use your imagination as to what was happening. And I shared this on, um, TikTok cause it was like horrifying and funny. And also like they, I don't, I just think, I believe they were doing something wrong because the children were in the next room while they were having these guests. So, um, I didn't really feel bad, but I was like, will they say anything about this? And then I realized like the thing about oversharing is like, people aren't going to want to admit that the shoe fit. They're not going to want to talk to you about something that they know they did. That was like fucked up. Hence why I've never heard from Amy. Like someone commented on a TikTok the other day and was like, have you ever heard, like, have you heard from her since? And I'm like, no, what's she going to do? Be like, I can't believe you got mad at me for sleeping with your abusive ex-boyfriend. Like how rude. Like, no, she's not. No. What is she, what could she possibly say? What could she possibly say? I do feel like he probably manipulated her as well, but I also told her that was going to happen. So, um, yeah, that's just not cool. So I just don't, I simply do not feel bad and I'm probably not going to hear from these people. So anyways, I've gotten away with it for this long. Um, you guys seem to enjoy it because at this point you're still listening to my podcast. Also, welcome to the 50th episode. Can't believe I didn't lead with that, but thank y'all for listening so much. I love you. Um, thank you for providing a very judgment-free zone for me. It does make me feel great to be completely myself and still have you guys listening. So love you so much. Hope you have a wonderful week and I'll see you next Wednesday. Bye guys. I'm Kaylee Shore and this is Too Much To Say. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Because there's nothing like a weekend pause with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies.